Welcome to Cowboy Ed, where we're saddled up for the latest season, and we've got all sorts of fun things to talk about. Before we get to that, how you doing out there, Maya? Doing great. I'm already hanging on tight to the saddle horn. It is a wild ride this year, so I'm ready. I'm ready to go with this podcast, so we can talk to the teachers out there and hear all of the amazing things that they have going on. Well, I agree, and I love the wild ride part because nobody really wants to just sit on the horse and clip clop, clip clop clip clop along that that just pretty soon you fall asleep and you fall off the horse so we we want to get those horses going and we want to we want to see where we go so today we're going to talk about every teacher's favorite thing especially as students move through and and move from even like third grade to fourth grade to junior high to high school into college our favorite thing maybe people in general's favorite debating issue cell phones and cell phone etiquette and cell phones in the classroom and oh and and schools across the country uh are are becoming more and more inclined to ban cell phones so it's becoming more of an issue that we're seeing out there on the media but we're just going to talk about well maybe what we think about that so i come at this from that junior high high school level my you come at this from the top of the podium at the college level let's start there let's work our way down College professor, what do you think about cell phones in the classroom? How do you how do you talk to kids about that? Well, I don't really talk to them about it because I think at the college level, um, there's no stopping it. They're going to use it, figure out a way to, you know, keep Snapchatting and and texting and looking up stuff and whatever all through class if that's what they want to do. So, I think at the college level. I mean, you can make those rules that, you know, put your device away, do this, do that. But, you know, they're going to challenge that idea. And so I kind of approach it as how do I engage the class in a way that is going to keep them busy and not looking on their phone? Because, you know, I think at that level, there's just there's, you know, if they want to, they're going to. But I think that's really, really different in high schools, junior highs, and as you work your way down to those younger kids, and I've seen a big shift. It's in the media, and I've heard it from teachers, and even our pre-service teachers, you know, I'm going to figure out a way to not have phones in the classroom. And I think even teachers who in the past had tried to use them are veering towards that approach to keep them out of the mainstream classroom because of the distraction that they cause. So what are you doing in your class? How's that working for you? Well, Maya, I'm going to stop you for a second because I am one of those teachers. I am, and any of my teacher friends out there hearing this would be like, wow, he has gone literally full circle. The horse has gone all the way around from working very hard to try to use it to continually weighing what our options are and, and the distractions. But but before I, I, I go down that path, I do want to throw this question back to you right away and say, so you're trying to engage them, but I'll throw the trick question at you. Are you trying to engage them with their cell phones? Are you snapping things in class, maybe creating some TikTok videos for, for your college kids? Is that a path that maybe we're missing? I, I definitely think that is a path. Now, I am not a TikTok star, so I 
would probably need to get some lessons from my own kids if I'm going to take that route. But, you know, that's that's an option. I think, you know, as a tech lover, I guess, in general, right, in my personal life and in my professional life, technology can really add value. And a phone is a small screen computer that you have with you all the time. So there's so many apps that you can bring into the work that you're doing in a classroom and you know social media aside there's a lot of just free things that you can bring into your classroom that your students can engage you know in that activity and i don't know you know i i think our viewers need to think about the college classroom in a really different way than that typical professor standing at the front giving their lecture, you know, spouting all of the information that students need to know. Because if I was in that kind of a classroom, I'd pull out my phone and look up stuff as well, because that is not engaging. But I think if you're creating a classroom that is bringing in a lot of active learning and you have access to phones you can utilize them in a really meaningful way well i think you're you're definitely on spot on with that it's it's some sort of mix and maturity and balance and but i look at so take go back to your last question for me about what does this look like at the middle school level well the challenge with middle school students as a whole is they're still exploring what the rules are in life in general if if this is a good decision, if this is a bad decision, as we joke about, oftentimes middle schoolers, they take their brain out and set it somewhere else, and then they go through middle school, and then they put it back when they get to high school. With that being said, middle schoolers are, are, are learning. And so the cell phone in and of itself, without any restrictions on it, that can be maybe monitored or assisted with from the school without any of those things, it, it definitely has a feeling of we're setting kids up to make very, very, very bad, bad mistakes along the way, whether that's photo mistakes, whether that's um, bullying, whether that's um, bullying teachers as, as such in classrooms. There's just so many different options that we can't control and and that sounds bad when we say we can't control that piece but on the on the same note we are under as we've talked about on on some of our rides we're under a lot of scrutiny about how we're teaching what we're teaching how they're getting this um, we're accountable for are they moving through this but what we're not accountable for is yeah I worked really hard with the kids today and and this student was on TikTok all class break well that means your class wasn't very engaging. Well, okay, I taught 120 students today. Um, in that class period, you know, you know, 20 out of 21 or 19 out of 20 were there, but that one was totally uh, on TikTok. And and so, what what do you do? What do you do? Do you create the argument? Do you create the issue and say, well, you know what, we're going to deal with the phone. We're going to put this now that the student is upset. All these things. And, and it's not your phone. You can't touch it. You can't take it. And so it puts teachers on edge. Like, how do I deal with this? Do I just give up and let them go TikTok crazy and teach the kids that want to learn and the ones that don't are falling behind? 
But the challenge with that idea, that mindset is public school as a whole is supposed to be the great equalizer. Well, if our students don't have a lot of parent support and a lot of parent guidance with that, then we're actually contributing to the problem as teachers by saying, okay, just do whatever you want. Because, you know, we, we're going to have a group of students that parents don't enforce any rules. We're not enforcing any rules. They're not learning. They're missing out on what is happening in school. And the, the, the students that, are, are, that have that support network, have all those things, are, are, are getting another leg up, if you will. So, yeah, this is, I, yeah, I, I hate the idea of banning anything in that sense. But on the same note, you create a behavior, uh, a classroom management issue that is very, very challenging for teachers, especially when we talk about new teachers coming in and all those things to manage and, and, and maintain a, a good learning environment in the classroom. So I got my horse and he got going. And so what do you think, Maya? What, do you, what are you throwing back at me? Oh, so much there to unpack. I think the first thing I want to say is if you have 120 students engaged all day, kudos, right? That is amazing. That's a great percentage because, you know, the age you teach, they're distracted by everything. It doesn't have to even be their phone, right? They could be distracted by somebody walking by the door or, you know, who knows, right? And, you know, so kudos for having that teaching practice where you have all of those students on task doing whatever you're trying to teach for that day. And, you know, I think then that raises a question of why is that one student tuning out? What is TikTok providing them that they're needing at that moment, right? And you get into maybe some social emotional questions or, you know, that I hate school, I like school, I don't want to be here, my parents are making me come, I had a really bad day, you know, whatever. It could be all over the place. And I think it just really raises some different questions about why are they drawn to their phone and disengaging from the learning in the classroom, which is a whole different issue. But I think the fundamental piece that, you know, follows phones around as far as bringing them into classrooms or not is, is that usability versus distraction. And, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking about how do we teach appropriate use of a device for learning? That's really different than entertainment or communication or you know, whatever, I don't know, staying connected or looking up information. But if it's being used as a learning tool, then that brings with it all of the media literacy, teaching and learning elements that we could bring into our classroom. Because a lot of our students don't get that. It's not a formal part of our curriculum. So when do you teach those things? Do you ban phones but explain why? Or do you just ban phones? So when you told students this year, hey, we're going to keep phones, I don't know what you told them, but backpacks or wherever they are, right? And they're not going to be a main element of your classroom. How did you explain that to them? That's a good question. I'm sitting here thinking about what. So uh, our school has cell phones. Students are supposed to leave them in their locker. If not, they're escorted to their locker to put them away. On a scale of 1 to 10, how well is that being implemented? 
I don't, I, I don't know. I guess I'd maybe say a five. Uh, a lot of students are still wandering the halls with, with AirPods in their ears, which obviously indicates that their phones are with them because they're listening to music. Uh, and they're, they're coming into classrooms with AirPods. So uh, teachers are not on the search for like theirs is, like, give me that, but they are. But we did not really do a great job of explaining. We, I mean, we did talk about that it's a distraction. And if there's an emergency, parents would be able to contact them through the office and we have office runners and those things. And that, that's how we laid it out. Now, the challenge on the backside is I, I listened to you. I, I started thinking that appropriate use, which takes me to another crazy issue when we think really about what is, what is appropriate in school. And I, I think you have to almost immediately go to health and sex ed. And if we look at that for a lot of years, that was never talked about in school. It was taught and it was taught in a very, very, very structured um, um, way. And, and now that issue became, well, if we don't teach it in school, kids aren't learning about it. So we have to teach it. But now that topic is very controversial in, in the sense of how do we teach it? Is you, you talk about this or you don't talk about this or you shouldn't talk about this. And the challenge still comes back to in, in the back of people's mind, the statement comes, this is what parents should be doing, but they're not, or some aren't, or a lot aren't, or a lot have very different opinions on what is appropriate with that. So now we shift that same thing and we go, well, what is appropriate use with a cell phone? Well, walk into the grocery store, walk into a restaurant, look at a family sitting at a table, and you tell me, can you tell me what appropriate use is? Because that table over there, they all have their phone away and they're all talking to each other and enjoying each other. And that table over there, the waitress has to interrupt them from a video game or from their phone to take their order. So just looking at that, can we define what is appropriate use and have parents on board with that much like sex ed or those kind of things. I, that is, that is the ultimate challenge. And so you, you also touched on it. This one gets me all going and, and you touched on an idea of the, the emotional connection and, and you know, there's a, if you get a chance to listen to Ruby Payne, she does a great conversation about cell phones, but one of her connections is how the brain works. And how our eyes work and the fact kids are looking at their cell phones and they're oftentimes almost always looking down. It's building an emotional connection. And that's why they care or have feelings about a technological device. And, and so tech companies, apps are manipulating their brains, all of our brains in a way, to create this need. So as teachers, as school, as professionals, do we counter that by trying to manipulate our students' brains so that we can keep them engaged? I don't, you're, you're leading the next group of teachers, My, What do you think? Should we teach them how to manipulate their brains to, that, it almost sounds like brainwashing, but like, to, I, I don't know. What do you think? I think that's super interesting and I'll have to take a look at that research. That perspective is unique. I think in, not in interacting with something you know, con I don't want to say the word controls, but controls our brain, right? Like we, we're always building memories, synapses in our brain, whatever, with everything we do. And I'm sure that that 
is accurate that technology like I can buy into that idea right that technology is is having a huge impact but as you were talking I I think it's not that we teach teachers how to counteract that right and to do something different but it's a balancing act just like in your own life if you're on your phone 24 7 something else is not getting done and so it's trying to figure out when when do I use my phone when do I not use my phone when do I look something up when do I try to create alternative ideas you know and if you talk to teachers about what they're trying to prepare their students for for the future it's moved a lot farther from facts and figures and formulas and that kind of thing to being able to process information because of phones right you can look up everything and so with that ability then using information doing something with the knowledge they're building becomes much more important than just having that knowledge and i think phones in our lives whether they're in the classroom or not help facilitate that it's too easy to gather information. We don't have to to spend a lot of learning on, on that piece of it. It's really moving our process to that idea of engaging in the practice of whatever we're learning. And I think in preparing teachers, that's the piece, right? So if you're thinking about, I'm going to be an earth science teacher when I graduate, what is it that my students need to be able to do with geology information? And, you know, obviously they have to learn new information, but it goes further than that in being able to apply it and use it and figure out things and solve problems with that information. And I do think that phones in our world have facilitated that shift. I don't know if that answers your question, but that's what's rolling around in my mind as my horse is wandering through the prairie today. As you were talking, it, it made me think, how can we better, just like anything else, how can we better use them? Can we better use them through apps where they're answering questions, where they're learning to search and quickly find? Because you hit the nail on the head. They have information or, or knowledge, whatever you want to call it, that just a few years ago, I mean, just 10 years ago, they would have actually had to stop, possibly log in, possibly look up in a book, all those things. That information is at their fingertips. So if we're not accessing that information to facilitate better thinking, better conversations, all of those kind of things, then we absolutely are missing out on where education could be going and trying to lock it back into what it was 10 years, 20 years, 30 years ago. But then that brings up that, oh boy, that, that, that buck and horse issue, if you will. Because then suddenly if we're talking to kids about thinking and they have opinions, then are those opinions meshing with the parents, with the community. This almost takes the horses and, and drives them towards a, a CRT type of conversation um, where is that what we really want kids to learn? And if we're going to hold schools accountable, then it, if we line them out with this, this, and this, this simple fact, then we can say they taught that. 
But if suddenly we are taking school in a direction where kids are, I mean, kind of on that path of a, a Socratic seminar where kids are talking and expressing opinions and thinking and getting their own facts and trying to find information, they might not agree with all of us. They might not agree with me. They might not agree with you. And, and they might not agree with mom and dad. And then we become the target again. But, whoo, boy, we've rode fast and we've rode hard. And this is, this is the first episode of the year. And we, as we told you in our introduction, we're going to let the horses go this year. And we're going to tackle some tough issues. And hopefully, well, we're not trying to create controversy, but we're not going to steer away from it. The horses are well-trained, and they can step through anything. So we are absolutely excited and hopeful that this year our conversations spur lots of discussions and lots of answers. But, oof, the horses are tired, and this ride has came to an end. So let's head them up. Move them on. Move them on. Head them up. Head them up. Move them on. Cowboy on the run.